to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective and pursuing truth above all else. I'm Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, author, director, speaker, Mark Archer. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. Well, Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back. We are so good to be back. <laughs> We're so good to be so back. So good to be back. Here we are. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm excited. It's a new year, 2024. <clears throat> Woo, hot dog. Yes. So, what do we say? What do we talk about? I forget how to even do this show. <laughs> wait, we, wait. You take a couple of weeks off and you're lost? No, not really. We have fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, so if you're new to the show, we do kind of news and views from mm-hmm. a biblical perspective. Yeah. You're everyone's problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure everybody knows that they're on the right podcast. I don't like you because you're dangerous. There you go. That's right. You are in the right spot. Um, so we have screenings coming up. Yes. We have so been busy scheduling screenings. It has been just nonstop kind of bonkers off the wall uh-huh. for us here at Fearless Features. And so... We are really excited, and let's just do a quick update of our new movie, Dysphoria, and what's happening, kind of behind the scenes, what's going on. So we are still actively pursuing distribution for a a nationwide release. However, you know... However... We try and tell people... I am dangerous. We try to tell everybody. (laughs) You guys have no idea how difficult and and real censorship is. Uh (laughs) So... Needless to say, we are doing in-person screenings until we can actually find a na- uh, someone to help us release it nationwide. We have sort of a problem here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess we're everyone's problem. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. Hey, what happened? They, uh, where do you even begin? Uh, so we start by starting. We <laughs> have three in-person screenings this weekend. Yes. So the reason we're doing screenings this way is yes. because basically this is our only option at this point. At, at this point, <laughs> this really is about it. Um, and we love you guys. Thank you to all of the Fearless Features fans. Yes, and our supporters. Without yes. you, we could not continue to do this. Uh, the Lord is good yes. and mighty and yes. able. Yes. So thank you. Uh, we are continuing to drive the truth into culture, whether they want to hear it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up this weekend. Uh, Friday. Friday night. Uh, Wait a at, second. So it's Friday the 12th. Okay. In Leo, Indiana, right. Central Ministries at 630. Yes. Doors, um, o- doors open at six. Doors open at six. Saturday, 
January 13th. Mm-hmm. At we will be in Kendallville at Cross Point Church. Okay. And doors open at 5:30. Okay. Show starts at 6. Show starts at 6. And then on Sunday evening on January 14th, we will be in Evansville, Indiana. Yes. And that is at Citygate Church and it starts at 5 p.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we here up in northern Indiana, we're on Eastern Time. This is Central Time, so it's an hour behind us, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so just to make things clear, we've had questions, and it's it's 5 p.m. Central Time on Sunday evening in Evansville at CityGate Church. Links to um, direct ticket links for these are going to be available in the show notes for everybody. Right. And you can always go to dysphoriamovie.com. And see all of the current screenings because there is another one in Elkhart, Indiana on the 20th. Right. The following weekend up in Elkhart. Right. And there are many more in the works as Mm -hmm. we, as we speak, there are many more brewing, but we don't have them on the calendar yet. And if you are interested in bringing dysphoria to your community, you can go to dysphoriamovie.com and there will be a um, button on the website there that you can click that is for a screening request form. And we will send you the information on how you can bring us in the film to your community. Duh, Ashley. Yeah, so we're excited. I mean, it's it's so interesting, just the calls that are coming in. And we are excited that so many people are also excited because I can tell you just in the last um, screening that we had here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, we actually had two homosexuals who came to the screening mm-hmm. and watched it all the way through. And one of them approached me after the film and stood and just looked me in the eye. And I wasn't really sure which way this conversation was going to go, yeah. you know, but you could just see the pain. And he just looked at me and he said, thank you. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to be bringing my friends to the Elkhart screening. And so um, we're really excited to see what the Lord is doing and how the Holy Spirit is moving and just being able to be a, a catalyst for change in people's lives to help, you know, plant seeds of truth that they can know the Lord Jesus Christ and be set free. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is as a, as a word of encouragement to, you know, we have, we have people that have reached out to us wanting to bring the film to their church and their churches are afraid. Their churches are making excuses. And uh, as a word of encouragement, the Lord is working through this film, regardless of the churches, absolutely, regardless of the church leadership yep. that are cowards. And they don't, there, there are so many of them, they just, they don't want to, they don't, they want to pretend this, this doesn't exist. They don't want to, they don't want controversy. They don't, they don't want to get you know, involved. And, and, and you know, and it, it, going through the film and at the end of it, being able to give people that call to action and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how can I get involved? Being able to partner with the churches who are going to be prayerful mm-hmm. of their body and their congregation, the remnant warriors who are going to go out and share truth and culture mm-hmm. and reach the lost. That's our job. Yeah. We are called to do that and yeah. to speak truth. Yeah. The church is the church is not the building. The church is not the institutions. The church is the body of Christ. If you are <laughs> a if you are a believer, if you are redeemed by Christ and you name Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are the church. So whether or not that institution that you go to on Sunday has warriors in it that get it, 
whether or not they get it or not and whether or not they will endorse you or or support you or give you a space to talk about these things it's still incumbent upon us as believers to go into the world and spread the message and and a film like dysphoria just like the mind polluters and inwood drive before it and inwood drive it shares the gospel and this this film dysphoria what we have already seen is that there are people who are trapped in this already mm-hmm. who come skeptical and some of them they they see it and they and they walk out right they don't want to hear it but there are some the lord is calling mm-hmm. and there's your opportunity and so <laughs> for those for those church leaders who th- don't want to get involved then i say okay then you have to answer to the Lord for that. Absolutely. But we are going to where these people are. They're coming to see this film and they're not going to set foot in your church. And, you know, and and just like before when we did the mind polluters and people asking, you know, why, how, how are you doing it this way? And, mm-hmm. and I said, you cannot stop what the Lord has started. Yeah. And that has been true since the beginning of time. The Lord has commissioned us to do this work. We are doing it as unto him mm-hmm. and we are we are watching it before our eyes and it is exciting to yeah. see people's lives change. Yeah. And whether or not church leadership, I don't care who it is, whether or not they see it, whether or not they support you, some of them will, will stand in your way and oppose you and whether or not they get it or not, I don't care. We're going anyway because the Lord gave us this call. So we got three screenings. Yeah. Well, three this weekend, another yeah. one. Okay. So switching gears, but not entirely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're... Because it's relevant to the film. Because it's relevant to the film. So some of you have seen the film. <laughs> some of you listening have seen the film, and so you'll know what I'm talking about. But if if you haven't, then you should come see the film. Because we talk about uh, the reasons why this stuff is all being pushed, right? Why can't I go to the store without a man in a dress trying to sell me beer? Okay. Or the gay Oreos. Gay Oreos. Pride, uh. you know, prideful makeup for men, right? Why, where did all of this come from? And there's a whole section in dysphoria that talks about why this is. But to, to make a long story short, it all goes to um, ESG, mm-hmm. environmental, social, and governance, governance, right? The ESG scores. Uh, if you listen to any conservative radio, you've heard about this. A lot of you already know what this is. So, okay, <clears throat> we're laughing about this because we're Gen Xers, right? Mm-hmm. And before phones <laughs> uh-huh. and devices, mm-hmm. we would sit at the table and eat our cereal and read the box right because uh-huh. this is all that there was to do if you didn't because you didn't have a television right in front of you so i was reading the kellogg's box the other morning because i thought you know this is it now here's the thing you got to remember people that are that are intent on when you start to understand the mindset of these leftists of these these satanist controlled leftist organizations they really believe in their own malarkey. They really believe that they are remaking the world to be this better place. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they love to 
document these things and they love to declare these things, right? And they love to, they love to advertise, Hey, this is what we're doing. And this is the, the brave new world, the new world order. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm reading the box, the Kellogg's box, which, which box was it that I was reading? Was it the Crispix? uh, Crispix. Yes. The Kellogg's Crispix. (laughs) Kids favorites. Um, and I see on the back of the box, they're talking about their Kellogg's Better Days Promise. Now I got I have some music to go along with this. Okay, you ready? Hold mm-hmm. on, I gotta find it. I've got all I've got all new buttons here, so Oh great. Here we go. This is a theme song for for what we're gonna talk about here. <laughs> Kellogg's Better Days. Our promise has created better days for over 1.8 billion people since 2015. Mm-hmm. You like this song? Yeah, I don't know who it is, but I don't either. Whatever. Some some gay song I found on the internet. Anyway, better days. So, <clears throat> commitment to doing good for people and planet will live on after planned separation. All right. Um, more than a century ago, W.K. Kellogg, the founder of Kellogg Company, started his business with the belief that part of running a good business was doing good for society. Okay? Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets interesting. In 2022, the company, this is Kellogg uh-huh. Corporation, evolved its ESG strategy to mm-hmm. further focus on the four critical issues on which it can have the biggest impact. You with me? I'm I'm following. <laughs> I'm tracking. But I, I've seen dysphoria, so I feel bad for other people who have it because it all it all gets put into perspective. Right now, remember as we go down the rabbit hole here, this all started with a box of Crispix. Yeah. By addressing the intersection, oh, we're now we're talking about intersectionality. <laughs> okay. The intersection. This is Crispix. The intersection of well-being, hunger, sustainability, and Equity, diversity, and inclusion. To advance sustainable and equitable access to food. Remember, these are all communist buzzwords, right? Mm-hmm. Equi- equitable. Kellogg's Better Days Promise aims to create better days for 3 billion people by the end of 2030. Now, uh, where have where I heard ha- that? What? Where have I heard that before? Where have I heard 2030 hmm. before? Hmm. Sounds like Agenda 2030. <laughs> Maybe. Let me continue. <laughs> By between 2015 and the end of 2022, Kellogg is proud to have made significant strides toward achieving its commitments, including. So the first ones sound pretty good. Mm-hmm. 989 plus million people nourished by offering delicious, accessible food that deliver nutrients of need. Ah, uh-huh. i.e. Crispix. Uh-huh. Love, love Crispix. 252 plus million people facing hunger fed through food donations. Okay, that sounds good. I'm all for it. Five plus million kids reached through feeding programs. Again, sounds good. If you're a food company and you're helping to feed people, that's good. 33% absolute reduction in scope one and two greenhouse gas emissions. I'm not sure Mm. what in the world that is. Scope one and two greenhouse emissions. Gas re- emissions. <laughs> All I can think. Okay, stop. Yeah. How how terrible it is. <laughs> the only thing I can think of. I don't even want to say it on the air. Is the cows? The cows. 
No. I don't know. It's, and and this, the term that they put in there, 33% absolute reduction. So, I, you know, I am an engineer. I do have an engineering degree. Uh-huh. I, and I can tell that that is put in there specifically. But I have no idea what it means. <clears throat> Here's another one. 40.3% of electricity used in 2022 was from renewable sources. Uh, 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 uh. Doesn't that make that cereal taste better? 76% of packaging is recyclable at scale. I don't know what that means. Recyclable at scale. And remember, you're eating cereal, and why do you care? It's freaking just, cereal. Is, is my cereal recycled? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is where it gets good. This is this this is gonna make you run right out and buy some crispix. 45.7% of all manager roles and above. Wait, all manager roles and above. Wouldn't okay. that be managerial? Managerial roles. And exe- well, and above would be executive, could be executive. Okay. Globally. Okay, now we're getting to global. Okay. okay. Filled by women. What? <laughs> no, 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 let me finish. In addition, Kellogg Europe achieved its goal of having... male and female representation in all manager roles and above three years ahead of schedule. Now, call me old fashioned. (laughs) Traditionalist. Traditionalist. Maybe I guess I'm a simpleton, but I would think, I mean, I don't care if you're male or female. Can you do your job? The person who's the most qualified to do that job, right? (laughs) We are talking about food. It's important that they know what they're doing. Here's another one. 22.7% of all manager (laughs) roles and above in the U.S. were filled by underrepresented talent. And what does that mean? Are they going by their skin color? You are such a racist. I don't even (laughs) Underrepresented talent. Gender non-conforming. Well, we, we don't have agents, so could I, we be underrepresented talent? Because uh, we Exactly. Right? Can I feel, fit into And you are female. Do you still identify as a female? Well, that makes me better than you. Apparently. <laughs> also, one billion people engaged in advocating for sustainable and equitable access to food. Uh... uh well, Hold on, let's go. Let's get our theme song again. Okay. Kellogg's Better Days <laughs> is well entrenched in our business and culture and is central to our company's growth. It demonstrates to our employees, consumers, customers, investors, and others that Kellogg cares about the communities in which we live and operate. Uh, yeah, waking up. You know what? Here, here. Do away with a song for a moment, because that's what happens. Okay, folks, if you're joining us on this show, this is exactly what happens when you are walking around eyes wide open. You're everyone's problem. Exactly. You see everything for what it is. We can't keep walking around with excuses that we don't understand these things. They are right in front of our faces. Literally. So this is what's funny, because when, of course, now... You're dangerous. Hold on. I am dangerous. You're dangerous if uh-huh. you, quote, do your own research. You're everyone's problem. So I'm not even 
trying to research it's on the cereal box. And and it's not it's not conspiracy. They're it's putting not. it out there for you to see and it is well documented. Go get yourself a box of crispix or just go to the store. You don't even have to buy it. Go to the Kellogg section. Go to the Kellogg's. Turn them around. And look, and they've even got a QR code. They re- they desperately want you to read about this. And pat themselves on the back yes. and tell them how wonderful they are. Right. And go along <laughs> with Agenda 2030. That's right. And if you haven't researched Agenda 2030, well, how long have they been? I can't even tell you how long they keep moving the scale of this, quote, agenda. I don't like you because you're dangerous. <laughs> Whatever. That's why it takes we the people mm-hmm. to resist this agenda. Uh-huh. And and mock them mercilessly. Because they really they can't they can't <laughs> take being mocked. Because yeah. they really do think that they're the lords of the universe. Uh-huh. Speaking of which, speaking of mocking things, yes. can I go back to this music? Okay. No, because I feel bad. I don't know who it is. Or whatever. I don't know. I I don't know who it is. But this is okay, this is the, the reason why we have this lack of masculinity in modern culture is because this is what kids are listening to. This is this is some pop song. I think it's One Republic. Listen to this. Uh, these clouds won't go away. I'm so sad. Now, let me just let me just. This is what we grew up with. Okay. The point is. The point is, this is the difference in generations, right? Why we see things one way and they see things a different way. This is how I see the world. Right? And this is how they see the world. <laughs> oh, I know that they'll be better. <clears throat> Speaking of 80s music, I have one more thing. W- one more before we go to break. One more before we go to break. <laughs> <laughs> Help us. This is a fun story. So Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> so um I'm gonna play a song and then you're gonna know which story we're gonna which song I'm gonna I'm gonna play us a little song here and then we're gonna tell the story. No! <laughs> <laughs> it's white girl version. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know how many of you know this group. This was late 80s, early 90s. This is the early 90s. Is it White Snake? No, it's not White Snake. <laughs> not White Snake. I don't know. Who is it? This is Firehouse. Firehouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Okay. So, Firehouse. <laughs> Let's just let's just listen here for a second. Uh, I'm gonna sing along. <laughs> here, okay, just indulge me for a moment, all right? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> okay, stop. Okay, let's, now you gotta go to the story. Okay, let's let's just tell the story here. So we we had only been married just not very long. <laughs> And I had this, and this song came on because I I loved Firehouse, I really did. I I wanted, I actually had tickets to go see them live in concert, and then they canceled. 
and it was it was Firehouse and Slaughter uh-huh. and Quiet Riot. Oh and my I, goodness! I hate Quiet Riot, <laughs> but Slaughter was there. They were okay, but Firehouse canceled, and I was really bummed. Anyways, anyway, so what's the story? Whatever. <laughs> So he totally ruins my song, my white girl version of the song. It was me bad. Me bad. Don't treat me bad. Hey, don't hate. <laughs> so you thought that it was that they were saying yeah, me bad. Listen to it. Me bad. <laughs> yeah. And he ruined it for me. Crushed my dreams. And, and it's not, but it's not me bad. It's <laughs> mm, baby. Don't treat me bad. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and so it's a running joke in our house. Me bad. You got your me bad on. All right. It's all good. It's so just, just in case you were wondering if you grew up, you know, in the eighties, nineties. It's baby. Don't treat me bad. <sighs> whatever. And it's firehouse. So whatever. <clears throat> um. Anyway. <laughs> It's a new year. Can you tell? We're, we're just a little, we might be a little off today. I don't know. <laughs> no. Go to break. And with that, we'll BRB after break. And we've got more fun stuff after break. Rock on. I had a lot of righteous anger. Um, it's very concerning that there's so many lukewarm people out there that don't even know that this is a topic of discussion. Well, this is the second time I've seen it. Um, the first time I was more shocked and angry and scared, I guess, for the kids. Um, this time I heard the call to action much stronger, and so that's why I'm speaking up now. I had no idea that Antifa is now going after this area. No clue about that until those women, those parents were interviewed and how Antifa is, now I understand, that's the connecting the dots. Historia makes the case. It lays out the, the issues, it lays out the concerns, and it even gives us a roadmap of the ways that we can combat this. Uh, so it's imperative that we make sure that everybody that we know gets to know about this movie, uh, gets to understand about it, and uh, we really need to spread the word as, as best we can. So who needs to see this film? Um, anybody that huh, has breeds air, um, in, in reality, it's going to be anybody who's a grandparent, anybody who's a parent, anybody who's thinking to have a child. Um, I would say anybody that can have the opportunity to go out and, and have action to, to save our children in any capacity. Get your tickets at dysphoriamovie.com. Okay, so we're back with the white girl. All right, white girl. I know. Hey, you know what? I know there are other people out there who make up their own lyrics to the songs. And you are my tribe. You are my people. <laughs> Catch me on song. How about that? <laughs> okay. So anyway. Okay. So, okay. Now we have to get on a more serious tone now. Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. We will. We will. January is. Right to life month. Right to life month. Mm-hmm. And so we thought that we would share uh, over the next four weeks that we've got four parts to okay let me back up i was gonna say a little bit of context because Mm -hmm. um if if you're new to this program and you're just joining us we are we're on our third film Mm -hmm. Uh, our first one was in is is inwood drive it's available on amazon prime 
Still, it's available on our website, fearlessfeatures.org. It's also available on DVD. Now, remember, we got kicked off of Prime. It's on Amazon. Oh, it's on Amazon. They it's kicked on, us it's, off of Prime. Right. Because we're, we're having right. way too many views. Right. It, it is on Amazon, but you have to rent it. You have to rent it. Yeah, I mean, it's a minimal rental. Um, but anyway, so it was about the local abortionist here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He had three clinics in mm-hmm. Indiana, but he lived in Illinois. And there was this battle that happened. It was this seven-year-long battle. And the Right to Life organization you know, moved in directly right next door to him on the street in Wood Drive. And directly across the street from the abortion clinic was a is a church. And so for us, and you could probably tell this story better, it's kind of the genesis of how this film even came about. It's a story of good and evil, you mm-hmm. know, divided by one city street here in Fort Wayne. Right. So as we were working on Inwood Drive um, as a documentary film, we wanted to tell the story of how George Klopfer had been, had gotten shut down because they had the, the local right to life had managed to get him shut down. Um, and it didn't have anything to do with the Supreme court. Didn't have anything to do with who was in the oval office. It was Obama at the time. Um, it had to do with, well, that's really what the, the, the story of the film is about is how they did this and how it can be repeated Mm -hmm. elsewhere. And, um, so as we were working on this, we actually interviewed George Klopfer. So now George Klopfer, he is the abortionist who died. And then they discovered 2,411 dead babies in his garage and his, the trunk of his car. And that made actually international headlines. And mm-hmm. that's, we, we had made the film. And that was and, our first film, guys. Right. Like the Lord called us into, into the filmmaking ministry in 2017. We did two um, personal testimonies of coming to faith in Christ and then started working on Inwood Drive. Right. We finished what we thought was the completed film and showed it to our supporters. And then a couple of weeks later, George, the abortionist, mm. died. And then a week or two after that, they that's when they found all the fetal remains in his home in Illinois in an abandoned car. Right. So we actually had the film done and then he died. Mm-hmm. And then we were trying to figure out how to include that in the end of the film. And then they found the babies. Right. And then it was game on. We got to go back into production. So it was another six months of production to include this uh, part of the story in the film. And so there's a companion book to the film that I wrote. Mm -hmm. uh, But leading up to that, I wrote a four-part blog series called Interview with the Abortionist. Mm -hmm. And the blog series then we decided to turn into an audio book. And then I ended up writing a companion book to the film. The book is a we have hard copies available again mm-hmm. on our website. Yep. So in would drive the book. If you've watched the film and you haven't read the book, the book fleshes out all of the backstory. Yeah. Uh, it's all the research and everything that we did yeah. to actually make the film. Yeah. We actually, we actually had um, someone just short side story here. We actually had someone contact us and she had been doing research on Klopfer uh, on her own. And not even in Indiana. Right. And we had no idea who this who this person was, and she she contacted us and said, "I have more documentation on Klopfer and his family. Yeah, are you interested?" 
And she said, oh, and by the way, I also have Klopfer's high school yearbook. Yeah. Right. So Klopfer, George Klopfer grew up in uh, just outside of Detroit, graduated high school in 1959. He grew up in the U.S. in the 50s mm-hmm. as, a, as a teenager. Um, and the, we had no idea the how deep the rabbit hole went mm-hmm. with his family, but they were brought here by the CIA and, mm-hmm. and by the U.S. Army through a project called Operation Paperclip. And this is all information that we received, you know, from this woman, because she had declassified right. documents. So she, she has all these declassified, she FOIA'd all this stuff. Yeah. And she said, I'm just going to send it to you because she heard, she heard about the film when we, uh, we were on Glenn Beck one time. Yeah. Right. And so um, all of that story is in the book. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen the film and you haven't read the book, the book is on, you, you can, you can get the book. Uh, on fearlessfeatures.org. Yep, it's available in the shop. Right. In the meantime, we wanted to share this four-part uh, audiobook of Interview with the Abortionist. Especially as it leads up to the March for Life. Right. You know, that happens every um, January. And our local, our local right to life is so great about, you know, just standing firm mm-hmm. for life here. And they still use... You know, they still use Inwood Drive to help, you know, ed, um, and to educate the legislators and whoever it is that they need to know and partner with right. to continue the the fight for life. Right. And so in in the film Inwood Drive and in the audio book, you'll hear George himself mm-hmm. talk, talk speaking for himself. And uh, so this is we wanted to share this. We're going to start with part one here today. This is part one of the audio book of Interview with the Abortionist. Interview with the Abortionist, Part 1 I must have walked 20 laps around our home office Through my office, into the kitchen, down into the family room Turn around, circle back through the front hallway And then through Amber's office Returning to my desk once more I had that feeling of extreme dread Like when you know that you have to break up with someone Or that they're about to break up with you coupled with that feeling of severe danger. Every time I would circle past my desk, I would stare at my phone, and it would stare right on back at me. There was no doubt about it. I knew I had to talk to this man. I just didn't want to. See, before I had taken my three-year sabbatical from film production, Amber and I had gone down one morning to stand with the protesters and sidewalk counselors outside the abortion clinic on Inwood Drive on a procedure day. Standing there with our then-newborn oldest daughter, Elizabeth, watching women pull into the parking lot and walk into that clinic to pay abortionist George Klopfer to dismember and murder their baby, I was struck by the surreal setting of a modern-day Auschwitz on one side of the street and a gospel-preaching Baptist church on the other. The width of a city street was literally the only thing separating the living from the dead and the condemned. During World War II, the condemned were brought in by trains and unloaded into the gas execution chambers at gunpoint. This day, the condemned were brought in by car, safely inside their mother's wombs and protected by law for the sole purpose of their execution. This is a movie. I remember thinking to myself that very day, 
and it would be called Inwood Drive. It's good versus evil, separated only by the width of a city street. And with that trip back in the spring of 2010, the script was written. It would be another eight years, however, before that story, filed away in my mental file cabinet, would be revived and put into production as Amber and I were preparing ourselves for the imminent arrival of our third daughter, Caitlin. I don't doubt that Babies on the Brain contributed to our decision to put Inwood Drive into development in July of 2018, but for certain we did it because we knew the Lord was directing us to do it. Of all the film projects I've ever done in 30 plus years of a career in filmmaking, I've never been more sure of any film in my life. Now, this day, I found myself staring once again at the phone, contemplating placing the phone call to George Klopfer, the infamous abortionist himself, to offer him the opportunity to be interviewed for a feature film all about him and his eventual downfall. Trying to put aside my feelings toward a man I had never met, but knowing full well what he had made a career of for over as long as I had been alive, I closed my eyes and asked the Lord for strength. Help me do this, Lord. I know you didn't bring me this far for me to sit on my hands. I opened my eyes and reached for my phone. I never imagined that I would have the personal cell phone number of an abortionist stored away in my contacts list on my iPhone. But there it was. And as I pressed the dial button, my heart started to pound. The phone rang. Don't answer, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer. Please don't answer. The phone rang some more, then went to voicemail. Whew. My pulse dropped a few notches. I figured if I just left a quick voicemail, there was no way he would ever call me back. But at least I could say that I tried, and I was off the hook for good. The automated voicemail message beeped. I took a deep breath. <sighs> Hello, Dr. Klopfer. My name is Mark Archer. I'm a film producer, and I'm working on a feature documentary film about your abortion clinic in Fort Wayne and how you were eventually shut down, since a lot of this film is about you and your practice as an abortionist specifically. I thought I would reach out to you and see if you would be willing to talk with me. You can reach me back on my cell. And I hit that big red button on the iPhone to hang up. A pause of silence. My heart was still racing. Whew. Okay, got that done. Got that over with. And the phone lit up and began to ring. My heart dropped as I looked at the caller ID. George Klopfer. Great, now I have to talk to him. I threw a few punches in the air in frustration then picked up the phone. Fine, whatever. Let's just get this over with. I let it ring one more time, then swiped right to answer. Hello, this is Mark Archer. A pleasant voice came from the other end of the line. Yeah, hi, this is George Klopfer, you just called me? I swallowed hard as I took a deep breath, then uh, launched into Mr. Producer mode. Yeah, Dr. Klopfer, how are you? My name's Mark Archer. I'm a film producer. 
I'm working on a feature documentary film about you and your abortion business and your battle in Fort Wayne and across the state of Indiana. I wondered if I might ask you some questions. And to my total shock, George was one of the more pleasant people I had talked to in such a setting. Especially considering the fact that I was telling him flat out that I was making a movie about his demise as an abortionist. I never expected him to call me back, let alone to have a pleasant conversation with me about it. After a few minutes of conversation, I asked him if we could sit down with him and talk in more detail, because I was really interested in getting his side of the story and letting him speak on his own behalf. He agreed, and we set a time for just a few days away to go to his now-defunct clinic in Fort Wayne to have a sit-down conversation with him. Okay, we'll see you on Thursday morning at 9 a.m. then at your clinic on Inwood. Yeah, okay, that sounds fine. Just knock on the door when you get there. I'm happy to talk with you. (laughs) I hung up the phone again, but this time I stood in silence for a moment. Alrighty then, I guess this project just got real. When Amber came home a few hours later, I broke the news to her. We both looked at each other for a moment processed the fact that we were really doing this and we were really going to go into the den of darkness and talk to the abortionist himself. Amber got excited. You know what? That man needs Jesus. I can't wait to talk to him. Like it or not, he's going to hear the gospel before we leave. And hear the gospel he would after the two of us faced him down squarely for over an hour. Now my goal in going in to talk to George was simple. What's done is done. I can't change the fact that this man has taken the lives of literally tens of thousands of babies. It's a documented fact whether I like it or not. As a filmmaker, it is my job to tell the truth and to be objective about doing so. Of course, I have my opinion about what he's done. That's the whole reason I felt compelled to tell the story. But I still must answer to the Lord for my being truthful in everything I put on screen. And being truthful means confirming your sources. And the best way to confirm a source about someone is to talk to that someone. I was determined to give George that chance. Whether I felt like he deserved to be heard or not. I'm not going in to see if he can convince me of anything. I would tell the few individuals that we shared the news with before we met with George. I'm going in to let him speak for himself. I may not like him or what he's done, but I'm not going to fabricate stories about him based on conjecture and hearsay. If I do that, I'm no better than Michael Moore or 95% of the media. Whatever my mind can imagine about his reasons for doing what he's done, I imagine it's 10 times worse. And what a prophetic statement that would be. We never could have imagined, however, just how much sadness we would feel for a man like George Klopfer. We never could have imagined just how much our hearts would hurt for how lost and deceived he was and how in need of Christ's forgiveness he truly was. As we prepared ourselves mentally and spiritually for our conversation in just a few days' time, we both could feel the darkness closing in all around us as we prayed fervently for the light of Christ to go before us. We were about to experience the very heart of darkness. Well, there's part one there of interview with the abortionist. Hope you enjoyed that part two next week. Mm -hmm. And as a reminder, then we have screenings coming up this weekend in Leo, Indiana 
Kendallville, Ken- Indiana, and Evansville, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And the uh, full book, Inwood Drive, is available on our website at fearlessfeatures.org. <laughs> and now let's leave people on a happy note with our new theme song. <laughs> Well, thank you guys. That is all the time we have for today. And thanks for listening through to the end. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and share this with your family and friends. Until next time, march on saints and be filled with the spirit. I don't like you because you're dangerous. <laughs>